unusually so on Sunday mornings. I'm normally back uh, often with the children preaching to them in different part of the building on Sunday mornings during our children's church. We have a couple of different services for the children going on at the same time with super church and junior church, uh, different age groups in the back and always enjoy preaching to them. And uh, just recently, Brother Singer, who has been the standby on Sunday mornings, done a faithful job of preaching uh, the past few months on Sunday mornings, or more than that, actually, and uh, preaching here to you all on, in this service. Uh, he said, Brother Subtle, he said, I'm getting ready to uh, preach a series out of the book of James, and I would prefer, if I could, to preach that on a Sunday evening and uh, do that series of messages. So by his request, we flip-flop for this month and uh, he's given me an opportunity to preach to you all on Sunday mornings. And he's going to be preaching to the Sunday evening uh, folks on the Sunday evening service. And uh, it's an honor to be able to open the Bible no matter which service it is. Amen. And uh, appreciate the opportunity to preach this morning. Now, before we dive into the Bible, just a, another note on Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m., we mentioned the ladies' meeting during the alumni days. That is not just for the college ladies or uh, the graduates, their wives that come back for the alumni days. It is for anybody that wants to come to that ladies' meeting. We want to make sure that's very clear. And then also, I did not mention the special speaker. This may Wet the appetite of some to come to hear Mrs. Jane Knopfsinger as she is the special speaker for the ladies. And uh, you get to hear Brother Knopfsinger uh, preach every Sunday morning. And uh, we, uh, not we, I, I started including myself there, but the ladies get to hear Mrs. Knopfsinger. Amen. And uh, we'll, we'll see how she does. Amen. Uh, these ladies give a report maybe that she does better than her husband. I don't know. He said probably. Amen. All right. Nehemiah chapter number one. We'll begin reading today in verse number four. Uh, some of you all that have uh, heard and been present on Sunday nights, I have already preached two messages out of the prayer of Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter number one. And uh, this is yet another part of that or continuation of those thoughts. Nehemiah chapter number one from the prayer of Nehemiah. The Bible says in verse four, And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. 
We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. I want to draw attention to verse number 8 and a lot of our thoughts will be this morning from this point and beyond. Verse 8 says, remember. Nehemiah is wanting God to remember some things. And he beseeches God in this prayer to remember. Verse 8, remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, Yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, obviously a reference to the king, for I was the king's cupbearer. Let's pray before the message. Let's bow our heads and our hearts together. Lord, we sure love you. Thank you for the opportunity once again to open the Bible Lord, we need your help. Lord, uh, we are a needy people. God, we need to hear from heaven. We need to hear what you say through your word to our hearts. And Lord, we do pray for that soul that's nearest hell, Lord, that's not saved. Lord, we pray you'd do a work of conviction, reproof in that sinner's heart. Lord, they'd see their need of salvation. They'd turn to Jesus and be saved. God, we pray for others here today, Lord, may be struggling and, and limping along in life, in their life for you, in the Christian life and walk. I pray you'd help them, Lord. I pray you'd strengthen them. Lord, help us all to be encouraged in our prayer life. Lord, that we will spend not only more time, but pray more fervently in these days. God, help us, Lord, as a church. God, help us as your people. May we honor and magnify you with what we do in these lives. Lord, bless this service. Help our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Just a brief introduction to not only the few messages that I've already preached out of Nehemiah chapter number 1, but to this book of the Bible. The people of God are in captivity Nehemiah, of course, in a strange land. He is a king's cupbearer. And there are a remnant of people that are still in Jerusalem. And we see that the city of God is ravished. We see that the walls are in ruin. We see Nehemiah getting word of this ruin in that city and the place of his homeland. And his heart is heavy He's under a great burden for the people of God and the place of his godly heritage. 
Nehemiah, under this burden, begins to pray. In verse number 4 and 5 is where Nehemiah begins to weep and mourn and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And in that prayer, as we have broken this down and preached on different ideas and thoughts from this text, verse 5, Nehemiah acknowledged the, in, the integrity of God. He acknowledged who he was praying to, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. He began to exalt the greatness of God. And listen, any praying that we do, amen, should be modeled after the sample prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who said, when you pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You ought to exalt the Lord when you pray. And he acknowledged the integrity of God in verse 5. In verse 6 and, and, and also verse 11, he asked for the interest of God in his prayer. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant. God, give attention to what I'm saying. God, listen. May your ear be inclined to hear what I say unto you. Amen. See, the heart of Nehemiah in that request as he wanted God's ear near to what he was saying, his heart was invested in what he was saying to God. We see also in the next verse or the latter part of verse number 6, he was agonizing with an investment of time and tears. The Bible says he was praying day and night. He was weeping before the Lord and confessing their sin. He agonized before God with an investment of both time and tears that he prayed before God. And then this was basically the content of our previous message last Sunday evening as I preached on the confession, he admits the iniquity of the children of Israel. He was broken about not only the nation's sin, but his own sin before God. He was broken before the Lord. And that was the approach that Nehemiah had before the Lord. Now I believe we get into some of the heart of this prayer as Nehemiah petitions God in verse 8, the very first word, remember, remember. Nehemiah was previously recalling to God's attention how he was sorry for the previous and past sins. And Nehemiah was recounting to God how the nation had sinned against God. But that's different in verse number 8. In verse number 8, Nehemiah is wanting God to remember what God had promised to the nation of Israel. In other words, Nehemiah was standing on the promises of God in his praying. I tell you, when you pray, it's okay to remind God of what God said in his word to remind God of the promises that God has made. And we serve a God, as the book of Titus says, is a God who cannot lie, amen. God will do what he said he would do. Amen. That's my God. And Nehemiah is reminding the Lord of some things. He's asking God to remember some things that he had promised. 
Verse 8, let's look at it together. The Bible says, remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Do you know God did according to his word? The children of Israel did not obey. They did not follow the Lord. And yes, as God had promised, if they do those things or uh, go against the, the word of God and go against what God said, he would scatter them among the nations. And he did what he said he would do. This book is written during a time of the post-exile. This is after the children of Judah had gone into Babylonian captivity. Uh, the Assyrians had taken the northern kingdoms captive. And we have here a time of captivity. God honored his word and did what he said he would do. Verse number 9. But Nehemiah also reminds God according to his word but if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence. Nehemiah reminds God, God, you're true in what you did in scattering us among the nations. But God, you also said if we would turn unto you, you would bring us back. Amen. God is challenging, the, or Nehemiah is challenging the Lord. Please remember your promise toward us. Remember your word. In this, I see that Nehemiah makes reference, number one, and I have about three points today. Number one, he makes reference to the precepts of God, to God's Holy Word. Do you know how much emphasis the Bible places on itself? God's Word. Amen. That He's magnified above His name. Amen. The Bible, God's Word. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, amen. How this word is magnified. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, amen. We need the word of God. And Nehemiah wants God to remember, God, you've given us your word and God, in my praying, in my prayer life, I'm going to stand on your promises. I'm going to stand on what you've said in your word. And I'm going to trust you to do what you said. He's standing on the precepts of God. We need an old-fashioned revival of just hearing the word of God. Amos chapter number 8, verse number 11 speaks of a famine that was in the land. And it was a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. We need a revival in hearing the Bible. Amen. Look at verse number 9 in our text. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, 
know what the Bible says in James chapter number 1? But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. You want the requirement of God to bring his people back to the land? You want the requirement of that was that you keep my commandments and do them, amen. Be a doer of the word. Amen. Amen. It's one thing to pray as Nehemiah did, but Nehemiah says, God, we're going to put some feet on our prayers. We're going to live according to your precepts. We're going, to, we're going to fall back in line with what you commanded us as your people. And we're going to do what the Bible says. And God, if we do that with a humble and upright heart, we're trusting you to remember what you promised. Amen. God, that you would hear and answer the prayer of your servants. Nehemiah was standing on what God said. I want to show you that in the Bible. Don't lose your place in Nehemiah chapter 1, but I want you to turn to Leviticus chapter 26. It's in there. It's in the Bible. Nehemiah's just not quoting something, amen, off the top of his head or making up something that God might fall in line with. No, this is what God already said. That's something I appreciate about Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he was the king's cupbearer. He was one of the children of Israel, but he was... Not a fly-by-night follower of the Lord. This man knew his Bible. Amen. Do you think God honors you as you study and you live according to his word? I believe he does. Amen. Amen. This was a Bible man. Look at it, Leviticus chapter 26, verse number 33. God said, and this obviously during the time of Moses, Leviticus chapter 26, Verse number 33, and I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. God prophesied that the children of Israel would be scattered among the heathen. But look at verse number 38, Leviticus chapter 26, verse number 38. And ye shall perish among the heathen, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up, and they that are left of you shall pine away in their iniquity in your enemies' lands, of which Nehemiah was living and watching among his people. And also in the iniquities of their fathers shall they pine away with them. Now look at verse 40. If... I like that word, amen, if. If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, which Nehemiah was doing in Nehemiah chapter number 1, with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary unto me, and that I also have walked contrary unto them, and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if. Then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they then accept of the punishment of their iniquity. Look at verse 42. Then will I, what? Remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember, and I will remember the land. You know what Nehemiah was doing? 
His is trust in what God said in the book of Leviticus. His trust in what God had promised. He just humbly submitted to what God said the formula was for him to repent and to get right and confess the sins of the people, his fathers and his own self, and God would remember them. God would hear them. Amen. We just need to get back to old-fashioned confession of sin. Amen. And turning our hearts to God. And the same God, amen, can hear and answer prayer. Amen. That's my God. Amen. So here in Nehemiah chapter number 1, we see Nehemiah in his prayer refers to the precepts of God and ask God to remember based upon his own word, the word of God. Because what God says is true. Amen. Amen. And by the way, you can trust that in 2023. You say, preacher, you just don't know what's going on in my life. That's true. I probably don't know all that's going on in your life. But I sure know a Bible, the Word of God, that you can stand on and you can trust the God of that book to help you. Amen. If you'll just follow what it says. A lot of people like the results without the recipe. A lot of people like a God-blessed home, a God-blessed church, but you got to be willing to follow the recipe. Amen. And as long as you live by his word and have a humble heart, God is able to do according to what he said he would do. Amen. I'm standing on the promises and precepts of God. Now, Nehemiah refers not only to the precepts of God. Notice the uh, end of verse number 9. Let's just read all of verse 9 so we'll find our place. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 9, But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Not only is there a reference in Nehemiah's prayer to the precepts of God, there is a reference to the person of God. He said, I will bring them back to the place where my name has been chosen to be placed there, unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there, the person of God, referring to the name of God, the name of God. Listen, I won't take a, a lengthy study here this morning, but just to mention a few references in the Bible, it was prophesied in Deuteronomy chapter number 12 that there would be a place where God would choose to put his name there. 1 Kings chapter number 11 and other reference, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, will reference that place where God chose to put his name there as the city of Jerusalem. God would put his name there. But there, there's some things that's tightly associated with these words about Jerusalem 
that's more specific than just the city of Jerusalem. I want you to follow with me. Turn to 1 Kings chapter number 9. 1 Kings chapter number 9. 1 Kings chapter number 9. The Bible says this in verse 1. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Not only did God choose to put his name on a place, the place of Jerusalem, but within Jerusalem, God chose to put his name on that house that was builded in his name. God put his name on the house. That's an important matter because there's something that goes on there at that house in Deuteronomy chapter number 16, I hope you're following with me. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 16. Deuteronomy chapter number 16. Deuteronomy chapter number 16, verse number 1. Observe the month Abib and and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God, for in the month Abib the, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Verse 2, Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. This place was a place of sacrifice. This place was a place of the observance of the Passover. And I don't have to do a a long lesson on the Passover. You know as God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt that night that God would uh, slay the firstborn, that those that had the blood, amen, upon the doorpost that God would pass over them, amen. It was a place of deliverance. It was a place, amen, where God passed over the children of Israel, those firstborn that were protected by the blood, by the blood. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 tells us this, that Christ is our Passover. Christ is our Passover. You say, what do you see in Nehemiah chapter number 1? I see in the prayer of Nehemiah, there is a picture and a reference to the place where God would put his name there. Amen. And let me mention this this morning, that our Passover is not a promise based upon a geographical place but it's a gracious and glorified person, amen. Christ is our Passover. 
Amen, amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, it's his name, amen, that is exalted. The place where he would place his name there. May I remind you, the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That at the name of Jesus, amen, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Amen? What a lovely name. So in this prayer of Nehemiah, he makes reference to the precepts of God and the person of God with the name that he chose to place there. But then I love verse 10. I want to show you this as well this morning. Verse 10. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. We see here in verse number 10, Nehemiah makes reference to the power of God. And that's illustrated in verse 10 by the by thy strong hand, referring to the hand of God. How many of you all believe that God has mighty, powerful hands? The hand of God. The hand of God. We see that in creation. Hebrews chapter number 1 talks about his hand. Matter of fact, let's turn and read that. Hebrews chapter number 1, verse number 10. The Bible says this. Hebrews 1 verse 10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Amen. Isaiah 40 uh, verse number 12 says, He's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. There's a story told by a preacher some years ago that uh, as a man was dying, the last words that he said as he looked up toward heaven was, Jesus, I didn't know you had such big hands. The Lord has big hands, amen? If you can measure all the waters of this world in the hollow of your hand, you you got a mighty big hand. We see God's hand in creation. We see God's hand in deliverance. I think Nehemiah chapter number 1, where it makes reference that thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. I think that's a reference to the children of Israel being delivered from Egyptian bondage. I think that's a reference to the deliverance and redemption that God gave when they were delivered out of the hand of Pharaoh and God redeemed them. Turn to Exodus chapter 6. We're turning in the Bible a lot. That won't hurt us. Amen. Exodus chapter number 6. Exodus chapter number 6. I believe we see God's hand in the ability to deliver his people. Exodus chapter number 6, verse number 1, the Bible says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. Lord. 
Look at chapter 13, verse 9 of the same book, Exodus chapter 13, verse number 9. The Bible says, And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. With a strong hand God delivered. And the word that's used with that deliverance from Egypt is what's used in Nehemiah chapter number 1. It's found in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. You're there in the book of Exodus. Look at Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. That word redeem that we often hear used, and, and rightly so in reference to our salvation, not only means to purchase or to buy back or to ransom, it means to rescue, to recover, to deliver from. Amen. Amen. I'm glad for the day that God rescued the children of Israel from the grasp of their bondmen, from the, their bondage, and delivered them from the land of Egypt. And they crossed through that Red Sea, amen, with the walls standing as a, on a heap. And amen, those waters that were congealed, and they marched through on dry ground. And the armies of Pharaoh pursuing, and God let those waters come back. And God took off their chariot wheels, amen. God gave deliverance on that day. Boy, that's a beautiful picture, amen, of redemption. God redeemed his people. God delivered his people. That's a great picture in the Bible of a greater truth, amen. We see God's hand in salvation. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. God wrought redemption. How did he do that? Upon the cross of Calvary, the Bible says, we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I'm glad the same God that could deliver the children of Israel, the same God that Nehemiah was petitioning to deliver his uh, people during this day from bondage, it's the same God that can deliver your soul, amen, from sin. It's the same God that can give redemption. It's the same blood that can redeem your soul. Amen. God is a redeeming God. And he did that by his strong hand. I'm glad the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. I'm glad God with his hand can reach down into the mire of sin, amen, and lift us up, amen, and set our feet upon a rock. That's the hand of my God able to save. Amen. He petitioned the very power of God, and that's illustrated in the hand of God for his people. I tell you what, I've asked the Lord and I've, I, since the first of this year, God, would you help me to practice what I know to do that is right? God, help me to be a stronger Christian. And one of those areas, obviously, is in the matter of prayer. 
Nehemiah had a heart to pray to the God of heaven. And there were some things he was petitioning for God to remember in verse 8 and following. He said, God, would you remember the word that you've promised unto us when he prayed? He said, God, would you please remember the person of God where you've chosen to put your name? And God, would you remember the power of God your strong hand on our behalf. We're going to see in the book of Nehemiah, if God allows me to preach further in this book going forward, that God did move his hand. God did work in Nehemiah and these people to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. God did some mighty things. And I, I beg of you today, listen, when you pray, Remember the precepts of God. Stand on God's promises. When you pray, remember the person of God. Amen. The one who redeemed your soul by his own blood. Remember the power of God, the hand of God that's able to be moved through the prayers of God's people. We serve a mighty God. How many say amen to that? Amen. Amen. If I could encourage you through these messages over the past three times that I've preached, may God help us to be more faithful, more diligent in spending time with God in prayer. Tabernacle Baptist Church right now, we need a praying people. We need to be a praying people. We need to be on our knees and on our face in a heart of prayer before God, we need to be praying. God help us as his people. Let's stand to our feet, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We'll have a time of invitation this morning. If God in any way has spoken to your heart, maybe concerning your prayer life, oh God, help us to be more faithful in the prayer closet. Maybe God's moved your heart to pray for someone that needs your prayers. Maybe you're here today and not saved. We're going to have the privilege tonight to baptize some folks who recently, within the past few months, have asked Jesus to be their personal Savior. And listen, we'd love that. Nothing more for you this morning, if you're not saved, to come and beseech the Lord and ask Him to come into your heart. Brother Stevens has a song prepared, and uh, sure enjoy him uh, singing for us during invitation as he sings... Uh, you come if the Lord's moved on your heart. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God I shall prevail Standing on the promises of God 
Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Well, we trust every heart and mind is uh, dealt with the Lord this morning according to His Word. And uh, hope to see you back tonight. We're so excited about the baptism. And uh, do ask those that are getting baptized, if you'll be here a few minutes early just for a few words of instruction, uh, we will have that at the end of tonight's service. But if we can see those folks uh, getting baptized just before the service, that would help us. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you back tonight. All right? Uh, let's be dismissed in prayer. Father, thank you again for this good day you've given us. Pray your safety and watch care over these as they travel home. Pray you give them a good Lord's day. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord bless you. Thank you for being here.